0: For you like this, I think the last time I was with you was a few months ago. I think that I preached, and um, so you know, it's just a privilege to to be to be to be a vessel to be used, and you never can take it for granted because it 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 is indeed a privilege for Him to find you worthy to dispense His Word, and so this morning I come with gratitude to be able to do this. And um, it's a bright and sunny day in New York City. And, you know, we have to give God thanks for life. Every day we awake, we have to give him thanks. Because this past week or two weeks ago, you know, two of my coworkers died. And one lady, she just retired. And within a week, she died in her sleep from a heart attack. And the other gentleman, he... I mean, just went on vacation with his wife and died in his sleep, heart attack. So you realize that you can't ever take life for granted. You have to realize how privileged you are every morning you awake. And you have that oxygen that you're breathing. You have to say, thank you, Lord, thank you. You have given me another day to serve you. And to walk in your path. And so this morning I'm very happy to be alive and well. And to be able to share his precious word with you. And before I start, let me pray. Father, help me. I need your help. And I say amen because I know you hear me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The message this morning is on grace, and it's so appropriate because the time in which we live, we need a lot of His grace. We need a bountiful supply of His grace in this epic pandemic, in this chaos in which we live, we are going to require his grace to take us through it. Because only his grace can, nothing else will. So this morning, I'm going to be speaking on grace. And the topic, the title is the wonders of his grace. The wonders of his grace. We achieve by his grace and nothing else. Not your brilliance, not your strength, but by his grace. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse Saint Paul says, I am what I am because of his grace. I am what I am because of his grace. What makes a man great in the kingdom of God is the grace of God. It is the grace of God that makes us great. Life without grace would be full of sweat and struggle. Life without grace would be full of sweat and struggle. I remember the story of Moses when God called him to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt. And when the Lord called him, He said, no, Lord, not me. I am not eloquent enough to do this. And the Lord said to him, who made your mouth and your tongue and your throat? Of course, I'm paraphrasing. Who who made it? And Moses insisted that he wouldn't because he was not eloquent enough. And the Lord says, okay, I will send Aaron to help you. You see, your weakness has more potential to glorify God than your strength. If you're taking note, please write that down, write it down. Your weakness has more potential to glorify God than your strength. It is not by strength, not by power. But my grace, my power, that you succeed. Many have thought that it is by strength, but God says it is not by strength that we prevail. Romans nine sixteen says, It is not of him that that willeth, nor that runeth, but of God that showeth mercy. Paul, the apostle, was the last apostle to come on the scene. Peter, James, and John was there before. They saw Jesus. They were acquainted with him. Paul did not see Jesus in the physical. Oh, he never did. All the wisdom that he displayed came from revelation and vision that the Lord gave him. And yet, he was able to write over 50% of the New Testament. Over 50%. So much so, That when the seven sons of Sceva tried to cast out the demon from the man, the demon said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, who are you? They never said Peter, James, and John. Paul says, I am who I am because of the grace of God. It is not about your intellect. It is not about your strength or your ability. It is about his grace. If his grace can't take you there, you won't get there. It is about his grace. No matter where you are, grace can take you from the pit to the palace no matter where you are in life right now I'm speaking to somebody online this morning I know I am you may feel that you'll never make it and you are behind you are so far behind but I'm telling you this morning the Lord said to tell you that is going to move you from the pit to the palace from the pit to the palace, he's gonna move you from the back of the line to the front of the line. When I came to the state many years ago, I was working at a car dealership in Detroit, Michigan. And my job was to prepare the cars for delivery. When the customer purchased the car, I have to take it around, get it washed, take the plastic off the mats and put it into the car, take it to the showroom and put it in the showroom for the customer to, to, to get delivery. And there was a particular day I did exactly that. And as I took the car to the showroom, I'm in the car fixing the mats and everything and I heard a voice, clear, clear voice. And the voice said to me, I'm going to move you from the pit to the palace. When I heard the voice, I ran out of the car, literally ran out of the car. And I went to my sister-in-law, who was working there at the time, in the office. And I said to her, Faith, I just heard this voice, clear, clear, clear. That said to me, I'm going to move you from the pit to the palace. And she prayed with me. And it it didn't, it wasn't two or three weeks that the general manager came to me and he said to me, Donald, I want you to start selling cars. And I said to him, well, I'm going back to Jamaica for a few months. And so, you know, when I come back, he says, okay, no problem. I want you to take this book, this manual with all the cars and all the information on them. And I want you to study it as you travel on the plane to Jamaica. And I did. I studied the book. And I came back after a few months. And when he, and I went into the showroom and he saw me, he said, Donald, I didn't know you were coming back. I said, yes, I'm back. He says, okay, that's your office over there. You're going to start selling cars." And I sold the cars, and I sold the cars, and I did very well. Until this new manager came on the scene, and he said to me, Donald, let's go for a walk in the car lot. And I went with him, and he said to me, Donald, I want you to sell even more cars. But for you to do that, you have to learn. You have to learn to BS. The customers. When he said it to me, I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. I will not bullshit them. Because most of these customers were black people. They were black people. They were not white. And he wanted me to bullshit them so that he could make money, more money in his pocket." And it was at that point, I said, I'm not going to be in this job. I have to leave it. And I left. I went and did something else. But I'm telling you, the grace of God is real. I can attest to it. It is real. Paul attested to it. He said, it was not my, my strength. When you read 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 11, and 12, where Paul is defending his ministry, because of the false apostles that were coming in and telling the people nonsense in the churches that he had established in Corinth. And even the very people in the church wrote him and said to him, your speech is contemptible and your appearance is nothing to look at. So just write, don't come, just write. And Paul, in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, when he addressed them, he said he didn't try to defend himself. No, he didn't. He actually admitted, yes, I have my weakness. I have my weakness. But in my weakness, I've learned to rejoice and be glad in it. And I'm going to read it for you. It says in First Corinthians, chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 9, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly will I boast in my weakness, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So I take pleasure in weakness, in reproach, in hardship, in persecution, and in distress for Christ. Say, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Your weakness has more potential to glorify God than your strength. He's not looking for your strength. He's looking for your weakness because he gets glory in it. That's what he's looking for. When grace comes, everything changes when god's grace come upon your life everything changes and i can testify to that again when i graduated from high school i didn't know what to do i came from a volatile community in kingston jamaica olympic gardens some of you may know it and i graduated and i decided that you know what i can't get a job So I'm going to go into the police force. And I went and I did the test and I did the exam and I passed. I was successful. And the inspector said to me, you have to come back in a week time. You're going to have to go to Port Royal to be trained. And I came home and I told my mom. And she said to me, no, son, no, no, no. That's not for you. Not for you at all. And within a few months, this lady missionary came from the States to work with the church where, that I was attending that We were attending at the time, Penrose Church of Christ. And Shandai I started talking and she went up back to the States and she decided to get me up to the States so I could attend Bible college. She tried, but... It, But she failed because she did not have enough ties. You know, the embassy works in Jamaica. So it didn't went through. And my brother, who was attending the Bible College at the time, took the paperwork from her. And he was traveling the different states to preach because he was a senior in Bible College at that time. And as he traveled, he went to Texas, Pampa, Texas. I remember the name right now. Pampa, Texas, in the church there, and he met a couple by the name of Lani and Tanya Starbuck. And he said to Lani, would you sponsor my brother to go to Bible college? And he said to me, Lani, turned to him and said to him, what took you so long to ask? And when Lonnie sent the the, 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 the financial statement, together with all the paperwork from the college for me to take to the United States Embassy in Kingston. And when I took it there for the interview, and I placed the when they called me up to be interviewed, and I placed all the paper under the window, and the gentleman looked at the papers. And when he saw the finances on the paper, he said to me, how oh, do you know these people? Who are these people? And I turned to him and I said to him, um, "They are just people in the church in the States that decide to sponsor me. He never asked me another question. He said to me, come back at three o'clock for your visa. And God opened the door so wide. His grace is sufficient. And I went to Bible college and that, that couple paid every cent, my boarding, my books, my meal. They give me money to go on vacation every summer. I came home, I would, I would open my door. And when I look, there's an envelope on the floor and I open it and it's 5,000 US dollars. I I will not lie, 5,000, that's 35 years ago or more. They said, Go on vacation, go home, enjoy yourself. They treated me like their own child to the point where my brother was jealous. God have a way of setting us up by his grace. And I came, graduated from Bible college, and I came back to Jamaica and I preached this word, and I won many souls to the kingdom. Then I had to come back here. And he said, Go to seminary. I have greater work for you to do. Don't depend on your strength, your ability, your eloquence. It will not take you to the top as a child of God. You have to depend on his grace. His grace is always sufficient, it never lacks. There's a scripture in Zechariah chapter four, verse six to seven. I want us to read. I'm trying to find it. It is so important. Zechariah. Chapter four. 7. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will be made level ground and he will bring out the top stone amidst shouting of grace, grace to the stone. Zerubbabel shouted grace, grace to the stone and it came level flat. His grace is sufficient. His grace is available to his people. But you have to learn to call upon it when you need it. It's always available to us 24-7. His grace is available to his children. Whatever challenge you are facing, whoever it is I'm speaking to, you are facing this morning I plead to you to cry out to his grace. Cry out for his grace. It is available to you. In 1980 election in Jamaica, some of you, I'm sure you remember it. It was a very violent time in Jamaica. I saw many of my friends were killed by the police or the PMP or JLP, whatever. We were living in Pennell Road, 20 Balmaji Avenue, Kingston 11. There was a family that lived three doors down from where we lived. And the mother made a grave mistake. She went to the police station and informed the police about some of the guys who were committing the crime in the community. The guys came to get her daughters in the middle of the night. And they took the two daughters, brilliant girls, I know them very well. They took the two daughters in front, the house in front of my home where we're living in Penwood at the time. They took them over there, raped one of them and killed the other. When the father heard about it, he died instantly from a heart attack. The mother walked the street. She, was, she just became crazy. She, she walked the street and what she said was, I kill my kids with my big mouth. I kill my kids with my big mouth. You know, let me tell you this, wickedness is real. Don't let anybody tell you it's not real. Wickedness is real. And we lived in that community. And when my mom realized it was getting too dangerous, she sent my brother and I, and she boarded us in Hill. And my brother would send the money per month to pay the boarding fee. we stayed there. But you know, (laughs) nine of us grew up in that community, all nine. And we all came out perfectly well and touched all because of his grace, all because of the grace of God. Because my mom took all of us and introduce us to Jesus she took us to the church when my grandmother died and she said we're gonna serve Jesus here so the people in the community knew that all we did was go to church and home work and home and God protected us his grace was heavy upon the boys family and today I can say this without any hesitance All of us are serving him. All of us are serving him. All he wants for us to do is to comply to his will. Just comply to his will. Recently he said to me, I was praying one morning, and I got up and said, Father, speak to me. I need to hear from you. And he said, Donald, I have this for you to do, and I have that for you to do. I have great plans for you but all I want you to do is to comply. Just comply. I am saying the same thing to you. Comply, comply to his will for your life and the grace will manifest in your life. You will never believe it. It will be unbelievable to you. Just comply to his wishes. What are, the, what are the access to grace, this unmerited favor? Or how do we access it? Who is it accessible to? You can't buy it with money, not possible. You can't buy it with your talent and your gift, not possible. It is favor you did not merit, that's grace. It's favor you did not merit cannot be earned. The number one access to grace is the new birth. i say that again. The number one access to grace, the grace of God, is the new birth. You must be born again. Salvation guarantee you access to God's grace. It totally guarantee you access to his grace. Nothing can stop that. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When Adam and Eve sinned, that grace was broken. It was broken. For it to be reestablished, we must be born again then we have access to it. So if I'm speaking to someone online this morning, wherever you are, and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I beg of you this morning. I plead with you this morning. Give your life to him. Give your life to him. Do not lead this world without giving your life to Jesus. When you do, his grace will be available to you instantly. You cannot access his grace until you're born again. What other ways can we access his grace? Through knowledge, through knowledge. Grace is multiplied through knowledge. In 2 Peter, verse 1 and 2, chapter 1 and 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. It is not static. It can be multiplied. But it multiplied through knowledge. And I said it recently to Eva. I said, the more you know of God, the more in-depth you get, the more in-depth you go, is the more grace increase in your life. So I plead to you, study the word of God. Spend time in it. Turn off the TV. Turn off the phone sometimes. And spend time and gain that in-depth knowledge in his word. Read books that are anointed by by men of God and women of God. And God's grace will increase in your life as you apply the knowledge that you have attained. You want the grace? Seek the knowledge. Seek the knowledge. The third way of accessing that grace is by faith. No blessings can be had from the kingdom of God except through faith. No blessings. It is impossible to please him without faith. If you want to access the grace of God, you must come with your faith. It is the vehicle that transports the blessings from heaven to you. You must have it. You must have that faith to be able to access his grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. What is faith? It is believing that what God says is true. It is believing that what God says is true. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want you to pay attention to the word diligent. Not casual, but diligently seek him. Those are the people he's interested in. Those who are serious about him. Those who want to find him. He said, If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. You will find me. Diligently seek him, and you will find him. And as you find him, his grace will increase in your life. And this is the last scripture that I'm going to share with you. is from Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 2. And it says this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Remember I told you faith or important faith is? That is how you access that grace. By faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We don't succeed by our strength or our eloquence, but by his grace. Cry out. Cry out for his grace. Cry out like Zerubbabel did. He said, grace, grace, and the mountain came flat. It's available. It is available. I am testifying to you. It is available. But you must comply with your Savior. You must be born again. You must be born again. So I'm asking you this morning to please pay attention to how you live your life. Live your life running after him. Live your life chasing him. And you will find him. And your life will never be the same. The changes will amaze you. The changes will amaze you. Father, I thank you that I've done what you have asked me to do,
1: Yes.
0: just to let your children, your, your saints, know that the grace is available to them. If they will only ask, if they'll only cry out for it, help us, Father, to live this life to please only you and not man. Help us not to depend on our strength and our eloquence but to know that your grace is sufficient. It is sufficient. I give you all the glory this morning and I give you all the praise and I give you all the magnificence that truly belongs to you, Father. I thank you for using me this morning as a vessel to bring forth your word to your people. Yes, Lord. It is in Jesus Christ's name I pray, my Savior, Amen amen.